The following podcast is a serialization from a live presentation on the commentary of Imam Nawawi's 40 Hadith by Hafi Sha'ban for the weekly live learning show on Inspire FM. الحمد لله رب العالمين قيم السماوات والأرضين مدبر الخلائق أجمعين بائث الرسل صلواته وسلامه عليهم أجمعين إلى المكلفين لهدايتهم وبيان شرائع الدين بدلال القطعية وواضحات البراحين أحمده على جميع نعمه وأسأله المزيد من فضله وكرمه وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الواحد القهر الكريم الغفار وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله وحبيبه وخليله أفضل المخلوقين المكرم بالقرآن العزيز بالمعجزة المستمرة على تعاقب السنين وبالسنن المستنيرة للمسترشدين للمخصوص بجوامع الكلم وسماحة الدين صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى سائر النبيين وآل كل وسائر الصالحين رب الشهل صدري ويسر لي أمري وهل العقدة من لساني يفكه قولي رب زدني علما اللهم انفعني بما علمتني وعلمني ما ينفعني وزدني علما الحمد لله على كل هال وعوذ بالله من هال أهل النار اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الأربع من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشى ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن دعاء لا يسمع أما بعد I start by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Glory be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The one who is established and the one who holds up the, the heavens and the earth The one who is responsible for the whole of the creation The one who sent the messengers with uh, May Allah's blessings and peace be upon them all With the, with the, the clear guidance, with the clear evidences uh, So that they, for the, for the purpose of guidance of mankind we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send his salutations upon the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon the family of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all those who follow in his footsteps until Yawm al-Din. We also ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the dua that I open up with is a dua seeking the sincerity from uh, sincerity. Uh, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala firstly to give us ilm, to give us knowledge, which is of benefit uh, to us insha'Allah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, provide us protection from four things, to provide us protection from a knowledge which is of no benefit, from a heart that does not fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from a soul that is never content and is not satisfied. Uh, from a supplication that is not responded to. Uh, with those opening words, I want to I want to welcome my listeners. I want to welcome everyone uh, who's now tuned in to Inspire FM or who's tuned in to Inspire FM over uh, the social media uh, platform. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the weekly live learning show uh, on Inspire FM on a 5.1 FM. Uh, the number here in the studio is 01582. 01582 481822 is the number here in the studio. 01582 481822. Uh, 0779 is the mobile. 0779 481822. 0779481822 is the mobile for your social media messages. Good to get in touch, inshallah. Right, we're going to be, uh, inshallah, of course, we've been on a, a break for a couple of weeks over the uh, the, the, the the holiday season. Uh, but alhamdulillah, we are, of course, back uh, on air. Uh, and inshallah, you know, I want to continue with this journey of exploring uh, uh, the, the 40 hadiths of uh, Imam uh, uh, An-Nawawi. Imam An-Nawawi's 40 hadith inshallah ta'ala and I want to start continue with the, the second hadith we're starting the second hadith in the collection of uh, Arba'in An-Nawawi and that's a very very famous hadith uh, and a lot of us will probably know this hadith or I've read this hadith and I have some acquaintance with this hadith it is the hadith which has been coined as the hadith of Jibra'il alayhi salam Jibra'il alayhi salam let me give it to you in Arabic it's a bit long but inshallah ta'ala let's just uh, narrate the hadith uh, on the authority of 
عن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه okay on the authority of Umar ibn al-Khattab رضي الله تعالى عنه who says that بينما نحن جلوس عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات يوم اصطلع علينا رجل شديد بياد الثياب شديد السواد الشعر لا يرى عليه أثر السفر ولا يعرفه منا أحد حتى جلس إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأسند ركبتيه إلى ركبتيه ووضع كفيه على فخزيه وقال Right. Uh, so the, the the hadith starts off that it's on the narration of Umar ibn al-Khattab that one day we were sitting with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam one day and when uh, a man okay with the the whitest of uh, garments and and clothing uh, very very intense intensely dark black hair uh, no signs of uh, travel so he's he's not a he's not a traveler and you can tell by looking at him that he hasn't traveled for many far lands and uh, but yet no one knows him right no one knows him and and this is of course umar ibn khattab sitting amongst the the sahaba radiyallahu anhum uh, uh, and, and so there's no signs of uh, him being a traveler there's uh, his clothes are very very white so impeccable condition hair is uh, amazingly glazingly black if that's correct term to use and and yet no one knows uh, this individual no one knows this individual uh, and and strangely enough if that wasn't strange enough then the the individual walks up right up to the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and what do we hear fasnada rukbatayhi ila rukbatayhi wa wada'a kafayhi ala fakhizayhi wa qala so uh, the man he uh, walks uh, or uh, walks up to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam, sits down beside the Messenger of Allah and he rests his knees against his thighs right he rests his knees against his thighs and in, in the, the narration also he places his hands upon the the thighs of the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so you can see he's, he's sitting very very close to the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam almost directly in front of him laying the palm of his hands onto the the thighs of the of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he says and he asks the first question and he says faqal rasul afan he says wa qal ya muhammad akhbirni an al-islam akhbirni an al-islam so he asks the question oh muhammad tell me about islam so the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he responds and he says faqal rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam al-islam an tashhad an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadar rasulullah that the islam is to testify that there is no god there is no deity worthy of worship except allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is a messenger of allah right wa tuqim as-salah what to qim as-salah and to establish the prayer what to zakah and to give zakah what asuma ramadan and to fast the days of ramadan what hajjul bayta in istata'ta ilayhi sabila and to offer the pilgrimage to the house of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if one has the capacity and the ability to do so now when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi had answered this question, remember this man is coming in as a total stranger to the audience, to the people that are sitting, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, who are sitting with the Messenger of Allah, he comes, he's a stranger, he's coming to ask this question to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi he asks his question and he gets a very detailed response to the bewilderment and to the shock and to the surprise of all of the companions sitting around the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi the man he responds and he says sadaqt so he confirms and he attests and he concurs with the messenger of allah and he says you have spoken the truth right so you can imagine that a stranger is coming in and asking a question to the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam expecting to be educated expecting to be informed expected to be advised and when he is advised Okay, uh, and so instead of saying, you know, uh, you know, Jazakallah khairan or, you know, Jazak, uh, 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 you know, uh, may Allah, you know, reward you for, the, for this information. He, in fact, says, you have spoken truly, you have spoken the truth, right? So he's confirming, he's attesting that, that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa has spoken the, the right words, has spoken truthfully. All right, so that obviously surprised the companions and understandably surprised them because how can you confirm something when you don't even know the answer in the first place and, and you're asking the question? Strange. So uh, the, the companion he continues, uh, in fact, uh, not the companion, the stranger he continues and he says, قال أنت عب... uh, Okay, uh, and he says, قال فأخبرني عن الإيمان 
And then he continues with the question, so tell me about Iman. What is Iman? And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, قال, And Right? So then he asks the second question. And he says, Tell me about Iman. Tell me about faith. Tell me about Iman. What is Iman? And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam responds and, and replies and says that Iman is, faith is that you believe in Allah. You believe in Allah. You believe in the angels. You believe in his mess- in his books. You believe in his messengers. You believe in the final day. You believe in Al-Qadr. Okay, in in the destiny, right? Uh, predestiny or, or you know destiny. Khairihi wa sharhi in the good of it and in the evil, right? And again, the 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 stranger he replies, "Qal sadaqt." And then he continues with his questions. Then tell me about Ihsan. What is Ihsan? Oh, oh, oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responds. It is that you worship Allah as if you see him. As if you worship Allah as if you see him. And, and if you do not see him, then surely he sees you. Then he continues and he says, Okay, then tell me about the hour. Tell me about this hour. And in the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa responds, responds, The Messenger of Allah replies that the one who is questioned about it, he knows no better than the questioner. So then he responds and he says, okay, then tell me about its signs. Tell me about the signs of the day of judgment. And then the message of Allah continues, and this is very well known, and continues to say that amongst the signs of the day of judgment are that, that there are uh, that the slave girl will give will, will give birth to her, her mistress, that you will see the barefooted ones, the naked, the destitute, the herdsmen of the sheep competing with each other in raising lofty buildings. And after that question and after that response, the man he Walks off. Right? So, Umar ibn Khattab, he's narrating this hadith. And then he says, uh, the messenger, uh, Umar ibn Khattab says, that, ثُمَّ انطلق فَلَبِسْتُ مَلِيًّا ثُمَّ قَال You know, then, uh, for a moment, you know, the man, he left. He left. And I'm uh, sorry, the man left. And for a moment, I continued. I remained in my sitting position. And then, uh, the, the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he turned towards me and he said, Ya Umar, O Umar, do you know who the questioner was? And Umar ibn Khattab, as was the tradition amongst the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, he responds and he says, Allahu wa Rasuluhu a'lam. Allah and his messenger know best. And then Umar ibn Khattab, uh, sorry, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he responds and he says, Qal, fa'innahu Jibreel. That was Jibreel, alayhi salam. And he has come and he came to teach you your deen. You atakum yu'allimukum deenakum rawahu muslim. Right? So this is the, the second hadith. And this is the hadith which I said earlier. It is known as the hadith of Jibra'il. And of course you can understand why it's known as the hadith of Jibra'il alayhi Because of course it is Jibra'il alayhi coming to the, the, the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi And teaching them about their deen in front of the Messenger of Allah by in the form of asking questions, right? So this is a very famous hadith and inshallah ta'ala, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are now able to start start to dissect uh, this long hadith uh, and then we can reflect upon what are the, some of the lessons and the learnings that we can take away from this hadith and probably it might take us two weeks if not slightly longer to just cover the multitude of lessons that are contained uh, within this hadith. In today's uh, episode inshallah ta'ala, let's, let's have, have an overview, overview of the hadith, right? So uh, you know, let's get an overview of the hadith. Uh, then we will uh, look look towards some of the observations that we can take, some of the lessons that we can take on seeking knowledge, right? On seeking knowledge uh, as is demonstrated by Jibra'il alayhi salam in his example. 
and then uh, the third point that we will reflect upon is Iman. And then we'll start going into each area where Jibra'il Islam he asks this question. He asks the question about Islam. He asks the questions about Iman. He asks the question about Ihsan. He asks the questions about, you know, uh, and, and the, uh, some of the other components. And then we will go through them, inshallah, ta'ala, and, 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 and touch upon some of the key learnings from these uh, aspects, inshallah. Ta'ala. All right, so the first point is with regards to the overview of the hadith, right? So this particular hadith in itself, subhanAllah, is considered as one of the most comprehensive hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In, ta- in fact, not, uh, and one of the reasons why is that it almost touch, touches upon every aspect of Islam. Right? Uh, Qadi Iyad, a famous scholar, he points out that this hadith, it covers all aspects of the inward and the external elements of worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Touches upon the deeds that are related to the external organs, i.e. Islam, you know, all about the, the deeds, the external elements that we perform, as well as those which are pertaining to and which are related to, of the, uh, to, related to, the, to the heart. Right, related to the heart, right? The matters of the of the heart, the ma- the internal matters as well as the external matters, and indeed, he mentions uh, that to such an extent that all religious sciences are found within this hadith and they're branched from it. So you can see, Subhanallah, very very comprehensive uh, to to the extent that it is is classified as as a hadith which covers right and is the cornerstone for. A lot of the other rulings that come out of uh, of, of later uh, te- later understanding and later uh, the, uh, rules and application. The hadith I said is known as uh, the hadith of Jibrail, uh, and it's also I actually got another famous name, Um 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 as Sunnah. Um Sunnah. So now, now look at this title that has been given to this hadith: the foundation of the Sunnah, the foundation of the Sunnah, the Um Sunnah. Right? Do you know very similar to like the Surah Al-Fatiha? What is the Surah Al-Fatiha known as in the Quran? The Ummul Kitab. Ummul Kitab, the foundation of the of the Quran Al-Kareem. Ummul Kitab. In the same way we have Umm As-Sunnah, the foundation of the Sunnah. Right? Okay. And and in this uh, in the same way, uh, and and uh, in in what context? In the same way that Surah Al-Fatiha it encompasses the meaning of the Quran as a whole. Right, we we know that this very famous about Surah Al Fatiha, it encompasses the meaning of the Quran as a whole, and this hadith encompasses the meaning of the Sunnah as a whole. Right, this hadith encompasses the meaning of the Sunnah as a whole. Subhanallah, and some I mean it's, it's incredible because some of the scholars they actually look at the relationship between the first hadith that we talked about in the bin niyat wa inna manawa about the first hadith and the second hadith right which we we've just we're covering today, and they give the analogy they give the analogy that you know like you have Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim right in the beginning and then you have Surah Al Fatiha. Right, and it is similar. And scholars such as uh, such as Al Baghawi, right? He okay. They they consider the first hadith in the Al-Amalu bin Niyat as the Bismillah Rahman Rahim and the Surah Al Fatiha as the second hadith. So you can see the relationship, very very innate relationship between uh, the first hadith and the second hadith. That to the extent that scholars, a lot of the scholars, I have already mentioned this when they would start their their sermons, when they would start their lectures, when they would start their conversations, they would actually combine the two things together. They would combine the two surahs together, uh, sorry, two hadith together in the beginning of their lectures, in the beginning of their writing, right? So, so it's as if they are a couple together, just like you do with, with any surah on Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Bismillah Rahman Rahim is appended to the front of all surahs except for Surah At Tawbah, as we know. With regards to the context of this hadith, that's also interesting. I mean, I, I was pleasantly surprised at that too, actually, when I was reflecting upon this. That actually, this incident, actually, uh, according to Ibn Hajar, actually takes place very close to the Prophet wasallam's passing away. Right? So that that's very interesting. Fact, interesting, in, very interesting because if you talk about Ihsan and you talk about Islam and you talk about Iman, right? Uh, you, you, okay, 
you you might associate this discussion and this this knowledge of this very early in the life of the Prophet something that has been the, the Sahaba have been educated about uh, about early in the life of the Messenger of Allah but actually this incident takes place very close to the death of the Prophet wasalam, right so it's another reason why they say that in fact Jibreel is as if is as if that the Prophet wasalam, through questioning of the angel Jibreel was summarizing his mission. He's summarizing his message. He's summarizing his mission. And he's saying, this was the, the summary of my mission. This has been the, the summary of my message for the last 23 years. And it's summarized with Iman. It's summarized with Islam. And it's summarized with Ihsan. And at the end, we see that it is Jibra'il who comes to teach the religion. So subhanAllah, it's actually beautiful. Is, is, is actually a, a quite incredible actually when you look at the, the details behind it because of course we're not we're, we're not familiar with the, with the details uh, you know around that hadith and hence you know we have this um, uh, you know you know you know uh, we have that that missing missing gap so subhanallah very late close to the death of the prophet sallallahu comes just before the farewell pilgrimage which we know was very close to the to the passing away of the prophet sallallahu alaihi and this is a means of summarizing the mission of the messenger of allah sallallahu this is a means of refreshing the you know the, the iman the memory the, the understanding of of Islam, Iman, and Ihsan for the for the for the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and this is a means by which this is a means by which, inshallah ta'ala, okay, the the Sahaba they will uh, get a lesson they will get a lesson from the one who is bringing the wahi to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Jibril alayhi salam himself. Of course, other other unique features about this hadith, very quickly in terms of as an introduction, is just the style of it. I mean, it's quite incredible, isn't it? That the that you know, Jibrail alayhi salam, he uh, he comes the way he comes, his dress, you know, the way you know he attracts the attention. You know, he has the complete attention of everyone because you know, if it's someone that you know, you you recognize that person, it, it's quite it's, it's a lot easier. But when you actually uh, you see someone that is a total stranger, his characteristics, his dress sense, right, the way he he approaches the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and and etc etc uh, and then he comes and the way he sits uh, right directly opposite the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam the way he asks the question and then incredibly the way he then confirms and attests the responses of the Messenger of Allah it caught the attention of everyone and everyone's attention was on this man who is this man how is he, where is he come from what are the questions that he's asking and therefore that gives a lot of significance a lot of attention to the subject matter and this is an incredible style in terms of teaching the Sahaba radiallahu anhum subhanallah incredible Right, so th this is this is uh, in terms of the overview of this first hadith, right? And and inshallah, as soon as we come back from the commercial break, right, we're gonna start breaking this down into the different segments that this hadith teaches us very quickly, right? We've got a couple of minutes, so we can probably cover this. Uh, the the first interesting point that the scholars actually mention on this hadith now. Now you might you know me and you, right, might go straight to what is the first question that the Jibrail Islam asked. You know, you know what is Islam? Yeah, what is Islam? Tell me about Islam, right? That is the first question that is asked, right? Uh, and therefore, we we immediately, you know, focus on you know what is Islam, right? Uh, what did what did he say? Akhbirni an al-Islam, right? So we we think that our learning starts from that point, Akhbirni an al-Islam. But actually, the scholars when they looked at this hadith, the learning starts right at the beginning of this hadith. What do we notice about this individual? Yes, Jibra'il Islam, but what do we notice? We notice he enters the masajid in the best of clothes. We see that he is, you know, per perfumed mo most probably, even though that's not apparent and clear, but the fact that he's very well-dressed, he's very well-groomed in terms of his hair. On top of that, what do we find? We find that he is, you know, his dress, his, his adab, his mannerisms in terms of the way he approaches the Messenger of Allah, sitting right opposite him, directly in front of him, the way he approaches the Messenger of Allah, the way he asked the question, all of this, the scholars, they looked at this and they said, these are the first lessons that we need to take from this hadith. These are the first lessons that we need to take. How do we seek knowledge? 
Right? How do we, you know, what, what is the role of cleanliness? What is the, clo- uh, the, the, you know, the adab of entering the masajid in terms of our dress sense, in terms of the way we, we learn, right? The adab of sitting. And subhanAllah, you know what? I can put my hands up, right? Because a lot of us are accustomed to going and reclining against the wall, stretching out our legs. And uh, you know what? We, you know, in the UK, we have a fundamental problem, right? We have a problem in the sense that, you know, we can't sit on the floor, we can't sit, you know, cross legged. We can't sit in the, shah- the shahud position and we're always, you know, complaining of leg aches, foot aches, knee aches as we try to reconcile our sitting positions inside the massages. But here what we find is a very strong principle of how do you actually, you know, what is the respect you ought to show? How should you actually attend to, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know uh, uh, seeking knowledge and how should you approach the massages? cleanliness and the importance of it and I want to touch upon another couple of points but unfortunately I'm going to go into a commercial break when I come back we'll start from here just a couple of quick points and then let's let's move on to some other wider points because I think we've still got a couple of points to to reflect upon on on this note inshallah all right just to to summarize uh, you're with me Hafiz Shaban on uh, the weekly live weekly live learning show Every Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Inspire FM, on uh, of course broadcasting live from Luton. 01582481822 is the number here in the studio. 0779 0779481822 is the number uh, on the mobile uh, is the mobile number for your social media messages. And we are covering Hadith too, which is the, has the famous name of the Hadith of Jibrail alayhi salam as part of Arba'in and Nawi Imam and Nawi's text. That's what we're covering, inshallah ta'ala. We're going to go into a commercial break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. When we're back, inshallah ta'ala, uh, we will then resume with this uh, with, with our conversation and the lessons that we will be taking from this hadith. Until then, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله السلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Glory be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Glory be to Allah All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Wallahi Wallahi If you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on your side Then you are relentless in, in the da'wah And in the mission of you know, communicating and, and conveying the message of Islam, the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your heart is filled with iman and your heart is filled with strength and wallahi, even in the most severest of your, your trials and your tribulations and your tests, you know what? Allahu Akbar, your heart is firm, your mind is firm, your iman is firm and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supports you at that particular time when your heart should be the most frailest, when your heart should be the most weakest, when your heart should tremble, right? That is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supports you at that particular moment when you need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And wallahi, you know, wallahi, you know, this, this, uh, you know, the, the ayahs of the Quran come to my mind when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, the people who say, oh, uh, who, who throughout their lives, they say, they say, oh Allah, our, our Lord is Allah, Allah, who always said that our Lord is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then they summastaqamu, then they remain on that path and they remain persevere on that path, they stay with Islam on that path. It is those people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they're the people that don't need to worry, they're the people that don't need to be saddened because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there and His angels are there to give you steadfastness, to give you strength, to give you patience, to give you perseverance and to help you in those tri- times, the, the most difficult times of trials and tribulations inshallah ta'ala. I had to mention that at the beginning of, the, of this show even though I'm not discussing that subject matter because I started to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it reminded me of uh, an, an incident inshallah ta'ala, right? Uh, but anyway, let's go back to hadith too because you might you might think, you know, where, where is Hafi Shaban going with this conversation? He's just completely changed the subject matter. But now we are discussing uh, Arba'in and now we, we are discussing hadith too. And in the first half, we've just gone through the hadith of Jibra'il alayhi salam and we've done the overview of that hadith, right? Uh, now we, we, we started to then look at, the, we're going to dissect the hadith, we're going to start looking at the lessons from this hadith and we're going to, 
and, and we were looking at the first lesson and the first lesson as I said is right at the beginning people you know the scholars they looked at the hadith and they said look at the reality of Jibra'il look at his dress look at his clothing look at his approach look at his mannerism of sitting look at his mannerism of asking questions in all of that is, is a lesson for us in terms of how we, we approach seeking knowledge Right? How we approach here, yeah, uh, the style of learning, style of learning, and subhanAllah, I'm telling you, it's incredible how many lessons are taken from this style of learning, being inquisitive, asking questions. Why is Jibra'il asking question after question after question? It shows you that is a means of accessing knowledge, ask pertinent, relevant questions, right? And that is what is being encouraged through this example. In fact, I was reading the commentary in this hadith, and it mentions references how many times in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah talks about asking, 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 multitude of times. I forgot the statistic, but it was well over a hundred times in the Quran. And then the description of how Jibra'il approaches the Messenger of Allah, they say, the scholars say, that is a lesson in terms of how you approach your ibadat, how you approach learning, how you approach the masajid. And you know what? I, I you know I have to confess, right? You know, you know, I can be a bit lazy with my attitude sometimes when it comes to uh, the masajid and going to the masajid. But also, but also, let me let me let me tell you, right? You know the way we send our children to the masajid, where the way we send our children for learning at the masajids, right? I mean that is pretty pretty can be pretty pretty poor. I have to tell you, mashallah, a lot of parents do put in a lot of effort, and you can see well groomed children coming to the masajid, right? But we do find you know those cases of you know that hygiene is not quite there, that you know appearance is not quite there, you know the the personal you know being fresh and and warm and and smelling good is not quite there, and maybe you know. With a long day at school, you know, we've gone on with the same clothing, you know, and we've just thrown a abaya on, uh, not a abaya, sorry, uh, uh, maybe a abaya for the for the sister girls, but a juba on top, and we've put on some socks and and we've headed to the to the to the masjid, right? Uh, and and that's not exactly the best of orders in terms of going to the masjid. So it's not the right attitude, right? And you know, I was speaking to someone earlier today, and we we were talking talking about how you know personal hygiene, the way we appear. You know, one thing is about being mentally prepared, isn't it? Right, being about mentally preparing yourself. I'm about to go and learn something. I'm about to go and see a sheikh. You know, think about it. You're going to see someone important. How would you dress? Right, you're not going to go dressed with a hole in your sock, are you? Because you know you're going to take the the shoes off. And when I take the shoe off, man, I'm, I've got a big a big hole in my sock, and I'm going to be exposed. It's not going to look good. Maybe you haven't got any other so pair of socks. Fair enough, Achi. But if you have, you know, it's not. It's probably not the best, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, way to go and see, a, you know, a, 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 you know, enter a gathering, you know, and, and see a sheikh or you know, attend that kind of gathering. You're going to pray it, you know, in the in the, in the masjid of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You know, sometimes, you know, I have to say this on radio. Even my son sometimes, you know, he, he go, comes along to the, to the masjid in the morning for the Fajr Salah and he might just be wearing still his pajamas, right? And we, we, we head off to the masjid to pray. Now, fair enough, you know, of, of course the condition is that the clothes should be clean, right? They should be clean. So fair enough. But, but in, in reality, I mean, you've just, you, you've just been bed. In, in, in that you know in those pajamas probably not the best garment I have to confess I've probably prayed like that in the past too right but probably better just to throw juba on top right look make yourself look a bit more presentable make yourself look a bit more sharp and, and ready for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a communication between your creator right and isn't that one of the most important meetings in our day right and is that not the meeting that we should be preparing for most appropriately. Right, something for you to, to consider and to think about, inshallah ta'ala, right? Uh, but let's reflect upon that. And again, you know, the scholars also reference, you know, the ayahs of the Quran, Fas'alu ahla dhikri in kuntum la ta'alamun. Uh, one of the scholars, you know, Al-Sanusi, uh, he adds that, such, okay, that, you know, we should ask questions, right? We should, of course, ask questions. It's not that Islam is against asking questions. Ask questions, but the type of question, uh, the type of questions that we need really are the relevant questions, right? The questions that really are required that are needed that should be the right type of questions and sometimes you know we can you know th let's think about some of the questions that we ask right so we can ask questions which are very uh, of a useless nature right or purely theoretical right with no benefit to them right i mean that's what you want to think about you want to think about i'm about to ask a question and sometimes i i i i I, I'm challenging myself, okay, is this a pertinent, is this a relevant question or not? But a questions of a, which are not going to be, you know, you've you got to ask yourself the question, what's the benefit of asking this particular question, right? What, 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 what is, 
What are we going to learn from this, right? Why am I asking this question? And you need to ask that question. As long as there's a benefit in that question, then there's no harm in asking that question because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in the Quran, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ ذِكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. You know ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. Alright, so that's the opening uh, let's say comment that I will say on this particular hadith, right? Uh, then uh, let's go back to the hadith. What do we see from the hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? We see that the subject matter it moves on to the first question. The first question is, Ya Muhammadu akhbirni an al-Islam, right? فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الإسلام وأن تشهد لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله تقيم الصلاة وتؤتي الزكاة وتصوم رمضان وتحج البيت إن استطعت Right, so the first question is about Islam. What is Islam? What is the definition of Islam? And in fact, we're gonna we're gonna discuss this in I don't have the text with me today, but I think we're gonna discuss this in Hadith 3, right? So we'll probably cover this in a lot more detail in Hadith 3 when we discuss, you know, uh, yes, Hadith 3, Bunyal Islam ala khams, right? That Islam is established upon five principles. So we'll cover that hadith there and we'll go into the detail there. But here it's, it's important to at least call out that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made it very clear what are the those external elements of Islam. When we talk about Islam, what are those external elements? External elements meaning what are those, you know, what are the ibadats of Islam? What does what, what is, what is, what is Islam comprise of? Is Islam something which is internal to me as an individual? Or is, or is Islam something which is external to me as an individual? Right? Is it internal or is it external? Right? So Islam is not an internal matter, is it? Islam is an external matter. Islam meaning that, you know, submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, our hearts also submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the submission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually carried out and is actually reflected and is actually characterized by our actions. Right, by our actions. And that's why it is the actions that determine, you know, our Islam, right? Or as one aspect of it, right? So we're gonna we're gonna continue on in terms of you know the the heart, you know the the iman, which is the belief. But here, Islam, and sometimes, okay, it's worth mentioning that sometimes they are used interchangeably, al Islam and and iman. Uh, but here, okay, uh, it's important to 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 mention here that Islam, the Prophet sallallahu you know you know summarized it very succinctly, in the in the sense that. It is uh, the testification that there is no God worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Muhammad sallallahu wa is his messenger. That's the first testification. Secondly is to establish the prayer. Right, what uh, salah. Thirdly is to give the zakah, right, to pay the zakah, to fast in the month of Ramadan, and to go and perform the pilgrimage to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if one has the ability. And those are the components and the, the, the pillars of Islam. And we will discuss that in the hadith 3, inshallah. Then, of course, we move on to next uh, important point, and we're going to probably spend a lot more detail and probably the remaining of, the, of this. Uh, uh, of this uh, stage show tonight, and inshallah, the the next show, if Allah you know gives me the permission to 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 do that, and that is you know what is iman, right? What what is iman? You know what is uh, iman, and and this is this is very very important. Uh, so when we talk about iman, and this is the belief in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, uh, and the belief, okay, uh, as Muslims. This is where now it goes into a lot more detail and we see the definition of Iman, how the scholars, they turn to the Quran and Sunnah and one can attempt to answer some of the basic questions which are concerning Iman. Uh, and these basic questions that we will cover, some of them we will we'll cover is what is a true Iman? Right. Uh, what is the essence of iman? Uh, what are the essential? Uh, i.e. What are the essential components of iman? Uh, what is the relationship between iman and actions? Right. So I, I want you to think about these carefully. What is real? Okay. What, what is iman? What is true belief? What does it, What does it mean to be a true believer? What is belief? True belief. Right. Uh, what What is the essence? What are the core components of belief? Uh, what is the relationship between belief and actions? That that's a very important one, right? Because you know historically scholars differed on on, on that, right? Uh, and and generally we we need to make that a very clear uh, emphasis and a very clear message. What is the relationship between iman 
and deeds. What is the relationship between Iman and deeds? That's very clear because, you know, some, a lot of us say we're believers and where are the actions, right? And a lot of us also discuss when we talk about Iman, when we talk about Aqidah, we say the Aqidah, it gives, you know, it gives rise to actions, right? Aqidah and Iman is not just about, you know, the theory side of it, but it's also about the practical side. So we, we're going to discuss that, inshallah ta'ala. And then we'll, we'll continue uh, with some of the other co components that the uh, scholars have uh, have mentioned and, and called out when we're discussing Iman in this uh, in this particular commentary and discussion, inshallah ta'ala. So when we come to the first uh, uh, part, which is the components of Iman, all right, so components of Iman, the, the, the view of the Ahl-Sunnah, well, Jama'ah, I, I think it's the, 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 the predominant view uh, is that uh, the, the the essence of iman, the essence of iman is the heart, right? The the qalb, the heart, the tongue, the lisan, and the actions. All three things coming together, right? So the, 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 let's let's you know pay attention to that. It is the heart, it is the tongue. And it is the actions, right? All coming together. Iman, you know, they talk about increasing, decreasing. We'll look at that. The deeds form a part of Iman, right? The deeds, the actions are part of Iman, right? And 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 such as and some of these deeds, we know some of these actions are essential, right? Uh, I.e., they are fard, they are obligations, and, and other actions are, are not obligations, right? Uh, okay, uh, and we're going to discuss. We're going to discuss that, uh, and and we also will look at you know in terms of major sins. Uh, we know that you know a lot of the you know believers they commit minor sins. We even commit major sins, right? Uh, but less than kufr, less than shirk, and the the ahl uh, the, the position of ahl sunnah is that these sins that an individual commits, uh, even the major sins, as long as it is not kufr, as long as it is it is not shirk. Do not take the person out of the fold of Islam. But of course, we know that they would be uh, worthy of Jahannam and, 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 and even the believer being punished in Jahannam, okay, or being forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whatever his account and whatever is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all people who have the slightest of Iman in their hearts will eventually be rescued and they will enter Jannatul Firdaus, they will enter the, the paradise, right? So th this is uh, this is the view that you know the the scholars established through the study of you know uh, uh, of the study of the Quran, the study of the Sunnah, and looking at those t uh, texts uh, as as a, as a starting point. Very very quickly, okay. So Ibn Al Qayyim, Ibn Al Qayyim, he was discussing Iman, discussing the different elements of Iman, and uh, he 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 wrote that Iman is. You know, it's composed of a number of components. It's interesting how they actually break it down. I, I don't want to make it too technical and too difficult, right? Uh, but I mean, some of it will make sense, right? Uh, it, it makes sense that having the knowledge of of uh, having the knowledge of what the Prophet sallallahu has taught, having complete firm belief in what the Prophet sallallahu brought, verbally professing it, uh, okay, uh, verbally professing one's belief, uh, submitting to what he brought out of love and humility, acting in accordance with the Messenger of Allah. Allahu alayhi wasallam, etc., etc. Right. So these are uh, these are some of the elements uh, or some of the components that some of the scholars discuss of iman. But actually, all of these, right? So you might think, okay, there's so many. How many do I remember? All of these actually were summarized, right? Uh, summarized by the scholars in in a statement by saying, iman is statement, and Islam is, and sorry, iman is action, statement and action. Right, statement and action. If you remember these two things, iman is statement and action. Statement meaning that is a, it includes both the statement of the heart, right? So it's from the qalb, affirmation of the heart, and statement of the tongue, verbal profession, right? So the heart and the and the tongue, and action of course includes the actions of the heart, which is the willingness to submit, love, and so forth, and actions of the body, right? Actions of the heart and the actions of the body such as the prayer and so forth right so let, let, let's just summarize that very quickly iman is the statement and action statement now you might think what, what is the statement of the heart what do i mean by statement of heart statement of the uh, here is the affirmation right the statement of the heart is the affirmation of the heart right and the statement is the statement of the tongue right 
two very key components, right? Uh, and actions includes the, the act, uh, both the actions of the heart and the actions of the body. Well, when we talk about actions of the heart, you might think, what am I talking about? Actions of the heart, which is the, the heart having the willingness to submit, to love, and, and so forth, right? That's what they talk about, the actions of the heart and, of course, the actions of the body. So that, that's the, the key essence, right? It's Iman is statement and actions. Over time, for the sake of clarity, kind of, you know, these two components were broken down into three main part, into three parts. Belief in, the, number one, belief in the heart, right? Profession by the tongue and actions, right? So, I mean, if you want to look at Iman, it's the belief in the heart, Right, you got the, uh, you know, the, 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 the confirmation and, and the attestation on the, on the tongue and then the actions, right? Three things which, you know, it's summarized to. So we talked about Iman is statement and actions. Yeah, statement is of course the, the belief in the heart, the tongue testifying and then the actions, all right? So three things for you to, inshallah ta'ala, take away. You might think, you know, Hafiz Shaban, okay, he's making the subject matter very, very confusing. But inshallah, look, let's make it clear, uh, Iman belief in the heart, a profession by the tongue, you know, saying Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Someone can be a believer, right? But you know, you would only know he's a believer when he takes, he he, he says that statement, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah, right? So you have to say that statement. That's uh, that's very very important. And that's what, you know, then the community knows that you are a Muslim because you've made that statement. And then the third thing, of course, is the actions, right? The actions that need to be undertaken uh, by an individual. All right, inshallah ta'ala. So we're going we're to go into each of these areas uh, very quickly because we're going to just some, we're going to give a bit of description so that it, it, it becomes a bit clearer what are we referring to. Belief in the heart, right? Well, let's start off with that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, addresses this, this phenomena because remember... Why is this important? I mean, this is very, very interesting, isn't it? Because you got the belief in the heart, you got the tongue, and then you got the actions, right? So someone can have the actions, right? And you can say, I'm a Muslim, but deep in his heart, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that this individual, is, he's not a believer, he's not a, he's, not a, he's not a Muslim, he's not a mu'min, he's not a muhsin, but rather he's a munafiq. He's just saying this. But externally, he might be a spy, you know, working for the authorities, just trying to get into the community. How many times do we hear this, right? Uh, just getting into the community uh, by professing to be a Muslim. So he will say everything by his tongue. He will even pray with you. But only Allah knows this individual is actually a spy. Right? And then also we knew this phenomenon existed at the time of the Prophet wasallam. We know the Munafiq, the Munafiq, that the way, amongst the Messenger of Allah wasallam, they would say, we, are, we, we believe but in reality, they didn't believe. In reality, they didn't believe. In reality, their heart had nifaq and it had kufr, right? And therefore, they didn't believe. And that's why you can see the, the importance of the synergy between the three components. You've got to have the belief in the heart. You've got to say it by your tongue. And you've got to have uh, it followed out by, by the actions. Now, when we talk about the heart, the heart is the foundation. The heart is the foundation because that is what tells us ultimately or that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is aware of. We're not aware of it. And that is where either the iman resides there or the iman doesn't reside there. Either the, the iman is there or the iman is not there. It doesn't exist. Right? And this is only with the knowledge of Allah. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would expose the hypocrites. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu was not able to expose the hypocrites. The Messenger of Allah would have had a very good inkling in terms of who are the munafiks amongst the, you know, these, uh, you know, and purporting to be Sahaba, but in, in reality they are munafiks, right? Uh, and, and the Prophet sallallahu would have known that. But it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is exposing the munafiks to, to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Madinatul Munawwara. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about them in the Quran repeatedly. Ya ayyuhal rusulu la yahzunka allazina yusari'una fil kufri min allazina qalu amanna biafwahihim wa lam tu'min qulubuhum. O Messenger, let not those who hurry to fall into disbelief grieve you. Right? The, you know, those who are falling into kufr, right, and they hasten towards kufr, let them not cause you harm. Don't be saddened by, because of them. Don't feel, feel grief because of them. Right? They want to go towards kufr, let them make their choice. Let them go towards kufr. But you do not harm yourself because of them. 
Those who say, and these are the people who Allah, Allah is describing that they are hasting towards kufr, and Allah is telling us they are the ones who say, Qalu amanna bi afwahihim. They're the people who say that we believe with their, with their mouths. They say we believe. وَلَمْ تُؤْمِنْ قُلُوبُهُمْ But their hearts are not proper. But they have no faith in their hearts. They have no iman in their hearts. So they're saying it with their tongues. But that iman, it does not exist in their hearts. Can you see this? It does not exist in their hearts. Who is telling us this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's telling us this. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's telling us this. The first component of Iman, right? Being uh, uh, the first component of Iman, the heart. The heart, right? It having recognition, it having, you know, it scholars told, talk, call about it, they talk about it as a statement of the heart, right? Which is acknowledging, confirming, recognizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists. Recognizing the, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Recognizing the existence of a creator, right? First fundamental claim, uh, acknowledging the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then they talk about the actions of the heart. And this is a, a, a phenomenal, strange phenomenal almost for a lot of us when we're listening to it. But this is then composed of commitment. Listen to this, commitment. Voluntary submission and acceptance. Commitment, al-iltizam. Al-inqiyad, voluntary submission. And al-taslim, acceptance. Commitment. Right? You're telling me that the Quraysh, they didn't know that there was one God, when there was one creator. They knew that there was one creator. They recognized one creator. They acknowledged it. They said there is one creator. Okay, they, they ascribed other partners to, uh, to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala too. Right? But is the second component that they were they, they fell and they were unable to to meet this condition of recognizing, right? Uh, what, what was it? Sorry, uh, the commitment, the voluntary submission, and the acceptance, which is the difficulty, the difficult part. Because when you say La ilaha, why could they not say La ilaha illallah? They couldn't say La ilaha illallah because then that would mean that you have to accept. That means you have to submit. That means you have to commit. And they were not prepared to commit. They were not prepared to submit. They were not prepared to accept. And, that's, and those, uh, those are the elements that are exactly required when we say Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. It is not that there is just one Allah. But it's also, I'm going to now submit my heart. I'm going to submit my actions to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And wallahi, I tell you, this is a very interesting conversation. It's a very interesting you know, line of thought. And I want to continue this next week, inshallah ta'ala. Because through this process, I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala solidifies my heart. I'm, it's all good, you know, making your heart fit and healthy in the gym. But we need to make it strong with the Iman. We need to make it strong with the belief, inshallah ta'ala. So inshallah ta'ala, we're going to continue this conversation next week. Join me. Give me your feedback. Hafiz Shaban, weekly live learning show every Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Inspire FM, 105.1 FM, 0158248182, If you were tuned in today, Send me an SMS, send me a WhatsApp. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to I hear if you found it useful. Remember me in your du'as. Always need your du'as. Remember me in your du'as. Until next week, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at inspirefmluton.